0: Hello, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Hello once more, all you sci-fi, Star Trek, and Star Wars fans, Trekkies, and... Do Star Wars fans have a particular name, like Star Trek fans are called Trekkies? I don't think they do. Anyway, this is Rico, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi. Podcast show number 107 for March the 4th, 2007. Gonna have a different type of show for you this week. We're going to talk all about comic books and how much I love them and talk about some of my favorite titles over the years, talk some about the history of the Star Trek comic in particular, and just a lot of other things related to comics. We've got uh, some listener calls, uh, listener audio to play as usual, and we're going to look at some uh, collectibles, uh, a little line of uh, collectibles related to comics towards the end of the show. So stand by, here we go. Hello again. I'd like to welcome everyone to the show, whether you're a new listener or an older listener, and I don't mean your age. (laughs) I mean how long you've been listening to this uh, sci-fi and Star Trek and Star Wars and other geeky topic uh, podcast. This is your host, Rico, and I'm coming to you sort of live from stupidly cold, stupidly full of snow, still Michigan. You know, it's March 4th now, and... Usually by March, things are looking a little bit better, you know, at least in Michigan. I mean, they're not great usually by this time of the year. And I know maybe the last few weeks, it seems like I've been complaining a little bit on the podcast about the weather. But hey, you know what? I've got a right to because I'm sick and tired of this stupid cold weather, the stupid snow. I want to get outside and do things. I want to cut my grass. I want to like dig in the dirt. Uh, Dennis, there's some lovely filth down here. My son said I should do some more voices on the podcast. Uh, he's like, I do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It comes up at different times during dinner time sometimes or whatever. But I actually do quite a few different little voices. So maybe I'm going to try to slide those into the uh, to the podcast. That was my uh, Dennis voice for Monty Python on the Holy and the Holy Grail, which is one of my all time favorite films. So anyway. Uh, Getting kind of my voice warmed up here. It's about 9.30 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday, as I usually podcast at this time. And like I said at the beginning of the show, this week I'm going to be talking about comic books. I know this isn't the norm, and I hope uh, people that aren't really maybe into comic books that much still kind of bear with me and and continue to listen to this podcast, because I think you might find some things... Interesting, maybe some things that might make you want to go out and pick up a couple of comics. I'm going to try to talk about things that I enjoy about comics, how I kind of got into it, uh, a little bit about the history of the Star Trek comic in particular, and just some other things related to comic books, because it's kind of the great American uh, literature art form in a way. It's a, it's a very Americana, not that other people in other countries don't enjoy comics and that there are you know no comics in other countries of the world. But I I think in general, uh, the comic book itself, the, you know, the dime store, you know, that started out about a nickel each or a dime each comic with the Superman comic way, way back and and others that came along after that. It just, it's, it's kind of a very uh, kind of classic piece of Americana, I think. And it's, it's something that I've enjoyed greatly uh, probably at least good half of my life or so. I didn't read them. Well, um, let, let's hold off, actually, for that uh, comic book and Rico's history of comics and what he uh, first got into them and all that. We'll save that talk for uh, a few minutes from now. I want to go over some kind of announcements a little bit, some listener calls first, uh, some news and information, and the usual things that we start off with the show. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, video podcast that I did uh, last week, the middle of the week or so, which would have been like, I guess, video cast, podcast, whatever you want to call it. One hundred and six. I uh, again, I have to say, I, I'm very new at the video thing. I don't have the best editing ability. I don't have the best camera right now to do the original video with. So it's it's not nearly the quality and the level that I'd like it to be. But I am going to continue to try to do those periodically. And put them out uh, on the uh, podcast feed. Hopefully, you'll enjoy those. Like I said, I'm going to try to do them every few weeks. Maybe slip one in and talk about different things and try to improve my skills in that area. It's uh, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, And frankly, there are a couple other podcasters that I follow that have been doing it lately, and I'm kind of getting uh, feel like I got a little kick in my pants to to try the Try the video end of things out a little bit. So I did want to mention one technical kind of thing about that. For those, uh, I've had a few emails for people that have video iPods. There was a little, uh, a little glitch kind of in the uh, in the file itself in terms of being able to play that on your video iPod. It's pretty simple. Uh, the extension, the little three letter extension at the end of the file once it's downloaded, uh, where however you did it manually or in iTunes. It was called an M4V file, the original version. If you uh, rename that to an MP4 file, it should play okay on your video iPod. And I've, uh, since uh, a couple of days ago, I actually went in and changed the name of the file on my uh, web server. So those downloading it now and, you know, from now on, it should be fine for you. And and I'd still appreciate any emails, anyone who has any technical issues like that uh you can always email me at treksf at treksf@gmail.com but i hope you enjoyed that uh kind of first official video cast from me and i'll try to slip those in like i said occasionally from now on well as i said of course this is kind of our news segment as i said uh on the video podcast pretty uh thoroughly there uh the big of course announcement past week for star trek was the announcement the official announcement about star trek 11 the next motion picture coming out uh, uh, Christmas Day, Paramount has said uh, in 2008. So that's uh, you know that's great news. It's supposed to be a very big budget. J.J. Abrams is going to direct. I'm not going to go over a lot since I I talked about a lot of this on the the video podcast. But there are some casting rumors that are going around. Uh, we're uh, we're starting to hear some things like that. The script's supposed to be done. Uh, a lot of a lot of things and. And like I said on the video podcast, I hope people out there and and everyone has, a, you know, is entitled to their own opinion about it. But it's amazing to me how much, uh, you know, up and down and positive and negative I'm already seeing about another Star Trek movie and people saying, you know, Star Trek's dead. Let it let it lay. And, you know, I don't think the people listening to this podcast probably feel this way very much, but you're you're uh You probably don't need to be told this, but, you know, if you hear people saying this, I I guess I just always like to, you know, tell people whether it's even Star Trek or or whatever that's coming out, a book, a movie, a TV show, you know, give things a chance a little bit. People, Uh, I, of course, have very high hopes for it. I I think uh, there's a lot of things that are positive about uh, what I'm hearing about the movie. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it all comes together. Uh, I think that uh, those listening again will be there opening day like I probably will be to watch the movie and see how they do on it. And I I think they've they've realized with what's happened on Star Trek the last few years it was on with Enterprise and and even the last few movies – that it, it needs somewhat of a, a fresh spin to some degree to bring in some new fans. You you can't continue to count on those that it, were there watching the show back in the 60s. You know, these guys are, uh, they're getting up there in years and, you know, they've, uh, there's only so many, uh, of their kids and people they can get in, 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 in tune with watching Trek. You know, it's, uh, Anyway, uh, I'm not going to go on and on about that too much more, but just uh let's all uh keep our fingers crossed and hope the movie comes out well. For uh, Star Wars news, uh there've been some interviews with Lucas, lately George Lucas and, and you know, he's saying Star Wars isn't dead, and of course it's not dead. There's uh we've got uh the animated series coming, the live action series. they are still uh, floating around discussions about young Boba Fett showing up in the uh, live action series. So Lots of things going on on the Star Wars front. One little tidbit. I don't watch this show, but that show Dancing with the Stars, uh, it's going to uh, John Ratzenberger, who played uh, Major Derlin in, uh, I think that's how you say it, Derlin, or I'm not sure, Bren Derlin, and Empire Strikes Back. Of course, he's very well known for uh, the TV show Cheers. John Ratzenberger is going to end up on Dancing with the Stars, so that might be kind of an interesting little Star Wars connection to that show, but uh, yeah, lots of things. Uh, one thing that popped up uh, on the collectible side of Star Wars this past week or so is Gentle Giant, which makes a lot of uh, a great line of Star Wars collectibles, mostly busts and statues, that kind of thing. Mini busts is uh, been um, they've uh, they've had a uh, Obi Wan uh, statue that's supposed to come out in clone armor. And the prototype pictures of this looked very nice. They did a really good job uh, at least in the prototype versions of capturing you uh, and McGregor Obi-wan's face facial structure and, and look and all that. anyway the uh, the short of this is there's some new pictures out that are all over the place. Uh, from places that you order this from, that that really they changed the face quite a bit. It looks like in the final version, for whatever reason, maybe it was a. It looks like it's a little simpler sculpt, a little simpler paint job, and it doesn't look quite as quite as nice, I think. And in the collectible scene for Star Wars fans that have ordered this piece, there's kind of a little bit of an uproar going right now against General Giant. So I thought that was kind of an interesting bit of news this week. It it's not a uh, an item that I particularly ordered, but uh all I have to say is at least the the pictures of this have come out the kind of more final pictures have come out before these really have gone out to the the people that have bought them. So there's still a chance for everyone to to cancel their orders if they uh, would like to, which um, I think that a lot of people are doing that because there is quite a bit of difference in this, and it it doesn't look nearly as nice as the prototype did. So that's kind of a disappointment, and and uh, we'll have to see how this works out with Gentle Giant. They do make a great line of things. I have quite a few of their items, and I don't think this is going to be a big deal and they're in the, the history uh, or whatever you want to call it of them making collectibles for Star Wars. But it's, uh, you know, it is one of those things you got to watch for. You know, sometimes these people, they put out a prototype of whatever the collectible might be, and when you get to the final product, it's not exactly what you would expect. So we'll kind of keep watching that and see how things go with Gentle Giant in the future. And that's all I wanted to say. Star Trek, Star Wars news for this week, Uh, those are the main things. We're going to take a. um, I'm going to play right now. This is going to be. We've got a little movie review here. This is from. uh, Rick Moyer and his daughter uh, talking about a movie that's uh, out right now in the theaters called Bridge to Terabithia. I think I said that correct. Uh, and their uh, their views on it, which they saw. So I'm going to play uh, Rick and his daughter's. Uh, it's a father and daughter review this week. Uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Here you go.
2: Hey everybody, this is Rick and this is Nathan and this is it's the father, father and son, son review. review. Well, since you're not doing a a th- Episode this week, Rico, we thought that we would review a movie that we just got back from seeing last night called The Bridge to Terabithia. What'd you think, Nathan? It was really sad. And that's all you have to say? Pretty much. And now I have to go do chores. You're not going to. Well, I have an idea then because my daughter saw it too. Hold on. I'm going to try something different. Here we go. This is Rick.
3: This is Catherine.
2: And this is the Father Father and Daughter daughter Review. Review. That's right. This is my daughter Catherine, everybody. She's, uh, how old are you?
3: I am 11.
2: You're 11 years old. And she went and saw The Bridge to Terabithia with me. Uh, What did you think about the movie, Catherine?
3: I thought it was happy, it was sad, it was all different kinds of stuff.
2: Did you have problems eating your popcorn? Mm, No. No? So would you recommend it to people your age? Maybe somebody listening on the podcast has some... uh, friends that would really, or some some daughters that would like to see it, do you recommend it?
3: Yeah, it was good, except you might have to bring tissues with you.
2: Okay, great. Thanks, Catherine. All right, I'm going to tell you what I thought about the movie, uh, because uh, I thought it was kind of cool. How, how many stars would you give it? Uh, f- uh, out of five stars, how many stars would you give it?
1: Probably four and three quarters. Four and
2: three quarters, okay. All right, now I'll give you my take. As I sat in the theater, I was expecting a fantasy movie full of special effects and mythical creatures. What I got, I wasn't prepared for. It was falsely advertised to entice me into the theater. But once I was there, I was moved by the wonderfully crafted story about life and death and what we do with our lives. It was all about relationships and the complexity of life. And all of us have fantasy elements in our minds. And that was brought out in a very unique and special way. I actually shed a few tears during the movie. Do you remember that? I was crying, wasn't I? Yes. Yes, I was. And anyway, because of its powerful symbolism and the reminder of life is what you make it, appreciate those people around you. The actors and actresses weren't really the best, except for an outstanding performance by 13-year-old Anna Sophia Robb. She makes you fall in love with her character almost immediately. There's also a great performance from the father, an actor from the show The Unit named Robert Patrick. So I thought the movie had some generally funny moments as I was reminded of my school bus rides as a kid and some great kids at school moments. Remember that one one scene? (laughs) Pee-free,
1: pee-free. That was funny.
2: I also enjoyed the interaction in the forest of imagination, and that's all I'm going to say because people have to go see it. So take a Kleenex with you, just like my daughter recommended, because you'll need it to watch this movie. Uh, Eat your popcorn in about the first or 10, 15 minutes. Otherwise, you'll be spitting it out, or worse, it'll get all soggy from your tears. So even though I was expecting a much more sci-fi fantasy movie, I give this movie a huge thumbs up and a four and a half out of five stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's the uh, father and daughter Daughter review. review. Bless you, Rico, and everybody at Treks and Sci-Fi. Have a great
1: day.
0: Well, thanks very much, Rick and Catherine and Nathan there at the beginning for that uh, excellent review of Bridge to Terabithia. It's actually showing in my um at a local theater near my house. There's a uh, one of those smaller uh local theaters that are usually in, in different small towns around the country that sometimes are they're called a second run movie theater. But anyway, the um uh, they've got that movie there right now and I might go check it out this week. Uh from your review it sounds uh sounds definitely something I would like. Uh I like movies about relationships and that kind of thing and with the sci-fi fantasy element in there too, I think could I think I'd enjoy it. So I think a lot of people listening to the podcast would. So thanks a lot uh, for your review on Bridge to Terabithia. Okay, just got a few other things to go over before we get to the comic book uh, main portion of the podcast. I did want to mention the contest once more. This is contest that I announced last week, and it is continuing for one more week. You can find out details, uh, more details on the podcast notes from last week's show. That would have been show number 105. But the, uh, the bottom line of it is I've got a grab bag of items, action figures, T-shirt, a book, um, a DVD that I am sort of, uh, well, is, is up for grabs for uh, this contest. And there are a couple ways to enter. One is to post a comment in the podcast notes section off of the website at treksf.com. It's one way to enter. Uh, one comment will get you one entry. Ten comments will still get you one entry. But uh, I'm trying to get people to to check out the podcast notes and comments more. Comment more on the various podcasts. That's kind of one of the goals there. And the other way, which uh, was kind of the main way, at least when I came up with the contest to try to raise some money to uh, to buy a few new pieces of equipment and software that I want to get for the podcast, is for a donation to the podcast. $5 donation in increments of $5. Each five will get you two entries into the contest to win this grab bag of cool stuff. And the way to you do that is via PayPal off of the main webpage. So that's how you enter the contest. This will go through the end of the day next Saturday. And then I will collect up. I've got all those entries on a piece of paper. I'm keeping track of who's done what so far. And we've got quite a few in so far. And I'd like to have some more. It uh, it's gonna be fun, I think. And again, you can win this grab bag of items, which is a picture of on the podcast notes. So if you're interested, check out the contest. Got one more week for it. Okay, one last call to play before we get to the comic book uh, section, main topic uh, for this week. This is a call from John in Russia, and uh, John's had some uh, technical difficulties. He talks about it at the beginning of this and that. He basically sent in a uh, a couple of calls to me lately. And this one is dealing about what Star Trek means to him. This, again, was a call related to what I had uh, asked for for show 100. But, hey, it's still important, I think. And I'm going to play John's call now. It's a little bit long. It's a little more than four minutes. I may have to cut some of it off at the end. But I will try to play most of it. So here's John talking about what Star Trek means to him.
4: Hello, Rico. This is John Semic, calling again from Russia. I'm really sorry to be sending this in late. Um, A combination of work, uh, the holidays, and now recently internet problems have uh, forced me to fall behind in your podcast. Um, I'm sending this in in reference to your 100th episode, where you asked people to send comments about what Star Trek means to them. I hope you find a way to fit this into your podcast. What Star Trek means to me, it's really difficult to put into words. um, And let me put it this way. You know, I, I, like many people of my generation probably, I I fell in love with Star Trek with TNG. I was mostly at university and maybe the tail end of high school um, in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, And, you know, back then... Watch every episode. Um, watched a lot of reruns as well. I'd always be talking with uh, friends on um, on uh, about each episode and stuff like that. And it was just just a part of my life, you know. And um, then just at the remember, it was uh, right at the beginning of season seven of TNG and two of DS9 at the head. Uh, I can remember. You know, it's, I remember my life by what season of Star Trek was going on. <laughs> it's sort of weird. Um, I took a turn and went to Russia to teach English and, um, you know, one of the things I tried to do was, you know, bring Star Trek with me as I did that. You know, when you're, when you go off to, t- to live in a foreign country, you know, you often try to bring things from home with you. Uh, being the geek that I am, I, you know, would brought things like video, some video games, um... Uh, board games, role-playing games, access and Allies, that sort of thing, and, and I tried to bring Star Trek in the form of some really all I, I didn't have, you know, memorabilia, props, that sort of thing, but I did. I tried to bring video cassettes, no DVDs back then, of course. Um, and I'd be uh, when I arrived there, I'd be watching episodes. I had video cassettes shipped over of episodes that I was missing and things like that, and I was. To, you know, trying to maintain the fandom. I, the, but unfortunately, of course, I didn't have people to talk about it with there because you know, very few people had heard of Star Trek or, or knew much about it. Um, and I, I, often probably, um, got too enthusiastic about it. I remember in my early teaching days trying to show episodes in class, which wasn't, a, in retrospect, wasn't a very good idea. But, um, and of course, when I went back to the states, one of the first things I uh, look at try to find on TV was Star Trek. Um, Gradually, as the years went by, unfortunately, I kind of lost Star Trek living abroad. And, um, you know, sometimes the episodes would make their way to Russian TV, but, you know, something would always be lost in the translation or whatever. So it just became sort of too difficult for me to follow. And um, now in the past few years, I've kind of gotten re-energized into Trek um, in the sense I've been, you know, n- now been watching a lot of episodes on DVD or other, you know, new media forms, I suppose, and um, you know, pl- plus with the internet bringing fans ways to get together with message boards or, of course, podcasting, that it's just sort of re-energized my fandom a bit. Um, and uh, currently, I'm actually still going through, uh. Star Trek DS9, which I had never seen all of, only scattered episodes. And I'm currently going through it season by season on the DVDs, and I'm really looking forward to the ending of the series, which as I understand is just really one of the high moments of Star Trek. Um, I guess that's probably about all. I've I've um, um, uh, uh, probably gone on too long, so this is John Sunlike signing off.
0: Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for that, John. Very interesting uh, take on that with Star Trek and bringing it over to Russia with you when you were over there and teaching English. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I've been in a few foreign countries, especially in the last few years, Germany and Taiwan. And it was funny, in Germany at least, I never saw in Taiwan anywhere on television. But in Germany, I saw quite a few Star Trek episodes dubbed in German, of course, which were pretty interesting. I don't speak German but it was always funny to uh it always surprised me when I'd pop on the TV over there so it's yeah it's it's really different different countries uh and I noticed from my uh, listener base when I I've got a map of what internet and where they're located who's who's connecting up and looking at my website and podcasts, and I don't get a lot of uh connections uh coming from uh the either eastern part of the world China and those areas or even the russian area uh, that you're in, so that's not too surprising that, that Trek isn't too big over there. But it's, you know, it. it hey, they, you got to show them, uh, you know, Chekhov, into Chekhov, that's, uh, you know, the Russian crew member. Back in the 60s, of course, that was a big deal, you know, especially since the United States and Russia were not really the best of friends back then. But thanks for your call, John. I appreciate it. And we will uh, be back in a moment after this brief interlude about the Starship Tiberius and the RPG game going on in the forums. After this interlude, definitely we will be looking at comic books. Be right back.
1: Treks in sci-fi. The final frontier. Hi, I'm Matt. Kiozan from the forums. And over the last few weeks, we've been following the opening journey of the latest chapter in Star Trek. The journey of the USS Tiberius. Proved by the alter egos of the forum members, the Tiberius has now launched from Space Dock and is embarking upon its first mission to meet with a mysterious group of Iconian clones who seem to have some history with the Titan's commanding officer, Captain Gilbert Bell. And if that wasn't enough to deal with, the meeting is to be held with delegates of the Cardassians, Ferengi, Romulans and Klingons. Tensions are high and old rivalries are bound to show as all the races involved show their eagerness to acquire trading rights. The descendants of the once powerful Iconian race. Tempers will fray. Emotions will be heightened. (laughs) And that's just Saturday night in Five Forwards. So come along and register at the Trexan Sci-Fi Forums. I guarantee you won't be disappointed.
0: Well, thanks again, Matt, for that uh, great promo for the Adventures of the Starship Tiberius, which... uh... Did I say Starship? You know, it's like, uh, duh. <laughs> Excuse me. Starship USS Tiberius. Yes, that's the RPG game going on on the forums right now at treksf.com. Check out the forums. Register. It's a lot of fun, everyone. A lot of people uh, really doing some great writing on there. So check it out. Now, now, finally, after, gosh, we've almost gone a half hour into the podcast, I'm getting to the main topic, comic books. And... For those that have never read a comic, the first thing I've got to say is find somebody that you know that likes comics. Tell them to give you a few issues of anything, of any comic book, and, and just read it. Sit down and read it. And, and I almost guarantee that if you like sci-fi, if you like fantasy, if you like imagination, interesting writing, interesting characters, that you'll be intrigued and and want to continue but I have to warn you a little bit. Uh, you may get hooked onto something that that you may continue to read for years, like I have. So, so there's my uh, opening kind of comment and suggestion. You know, try to get past that idea that comics are just for kids, because truthfully, when I go to comic book stores these days, I don't see very many young kids in it, and that's kind of a little bit of a disappointment. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, as as I go on in this discussion, but I think it's. Uh, it's definitely something everyone could uh, could find. There's such a huge wide range of comics out there. I think there's definitely a comic book for everyone. so give that a shot. But anyway, let's go back in time a little bit to to my personal history, Rico's personal comic book history. Now, as everybody knows that listens to this podcast regularly, I, I grew up uh, you know a big fan of sci-fi, Star Trek, Star Wars, all those kind of geeky things. But for some reason, I never really got into comics. Uh, and this uh, this lasted through pretty much you know grade school, middle school, high school. I just never really. I, I think I maybe picked up an issue or two here or there, but I just never really got into it. I think I was too busy, you know, on the on the sci fi side of things, movies, TV shows, Star Trek, that I just never really had a chance. I read a lot. I read a lot of regular books, uh, you'll call it, uh, you know, a lot of science fiction books by the classic authors and, and some more modern day authors. But comics, for some reason, I just never really got interested in. But a good friend of mine named Rob who I knew from uh junior high school up through uh he was uh, a good friend his good friend still to this day lives in uh, not that far from me in Michigan he's actually a lawyer now <laughs> so Rob if you're listening hey how you doing uh, anyway uh, Rob my friend was he he was very much into comics he had read comics he had done drawing uh he's a he's a pretty good artist as well so he was into comics for quite a long time, and then, at some point, and this was I think in my senior year in high school, might have been the the summer between junior and senior year in high school. Uh, for some reason I, I I don't know how exactly it came up, but I said, "Hey, Rob, you know why don't you bring me like uh, you know some of the issues that you like these days or some of the comics you're liking, and let me check them out." And, and he did, of course, which, uh, and as they say, the rest is history a little bit, but he brought me, uh, the ones I remember that he brought me to Bingham with were some issues of, uh, X-Men, especially uncanny X-Men and Spider-Man. And both of those books, uh, I, I read to this day, both of those books, when I read them, I said, Oh my gosh, you know, why have I not been reading these comic books uh, uh, you know, as I was growing up, it's it's just great stuff. And, and let me tell you a little bit about you know why I thought that. Um, we'll talk about Spider-Man first because I think probably if 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 there was one comic book that to me uh, is is probably in a way my favorite, I guess, uh, somebody that I think is a lot a lot like me as a character as a person, it would be Peter Parker, Spider-Man. I you know I grew up. Uh, probably, you know, I was always kind of tall and skinny. I, I kind of, uh, I didn't exactly always fit in until I found some friends that enjoyed the kind of things I did. I was the typical kind of outcast, nerdy, geeky kid there uh, growing up in school. So when I read uh, Peter Parker as Spider-Man, it, it just, uh, you know, it, it just hit a chord with me, I guess, that that I really responded to. Here was a guy that that had all these superpowers, but in in his everyday life, he kind of got picked on. No one really liked him very much, and it it just he had this sort of secret identity that he had all this great power and great responsibility that weighed on him heavily, uh, which which I had a lot of early responsibility in my life, too, which I think I've talked about a few times different times on the podcast. Uh, My father had passed away when I was young. I had a younger brother and a younger sister. So anyway, a lot of things uh, that Peter Parker was feeling as a character in the comic book Spider-Man really struck a chord and I, I could really identify with. So Spider-Man and Peter Parker, that character, was, was a book that I just loved and I still read to this day. He eventually makes uh, a, a very good career for himself. Uh, he becomes a teacher, which I went into teaching for a while. He gets married. Uh, he, he sort of has what you could call as much of a normal life as he possibly could and, and still being Spider-Man. Now, the, uh, so Spider-Man, again, is, is probably my favorite comic book character. And I read uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man now still. I read uh, The Ultimate Spider-Man, which is sort of a re- uh, a new take, a more modern day take on Spider-Man, like if Spider-Man became Peter Parker became Spider-Man more in the modern age of of the two thousands. Versus, and this book started, I think, about five or so years ago, maybe. And it's got great artwork. I, I highly, highly recommend. They have trade paperbacks out of the Ultimate Spider-Man, and for those out there with kids that are listening, or even the younger kids that are listening to the show, younger people. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, if you don't want to read, you know, 300 issues or whatever we're up to, Amazing Spider-Man, sorry, we're up to like 500 plus issues, and all the history and everything that's gone on, the Ultimate Spider-Man book is a great way to start. They're at about issue 100 and something right now, but there are trade paperbacks uh, that start at the beginning of it, and there isn't really a huge amount of, of history there to catch up on. And it's got some amazing artwork. And that was another thing I think that comics really got me hooked on to begin with. I was always sort of a budding artist. I always liked to draw. And uh, the artwork uh, in comic books was was something I could greatly appreciate. I loved the way they could pose different characters, superheroes, or even everyday characters. And, you know, the way they laid out the panels and the word balloons and the lettering and all that stuff. And the coloring on, on comics was something... Um, that I really responded to as well. So, you know, there were so many things about comics that I, that I loved then to start with and still love to this day that, that I think, uh, a lot of people don't maybe really realize until you pick up, you know, just pick one up and, and read it and and give it a shot and see what it's like. Uh, I, I've never really met anyone that hasn't picked up a few comics and read them and, and not had fun and not enjoyed them. And the really nice thing about comic books these days, and I'm going to kind of, I have to apologize right now, I'm going to kind of jump around in my discussion here, at least at the start, and talking about this. But the, the thing about comics, the nice thing these days is they have all these collected editions out there. They have all these things called trade paperbacks where they take multiple issues of a comic and collect them in a nice little uh, package. Uh, it's cheaper than buying the individual issues, which I'll talk about pricing and things here in a few minutes. But, you know, there's a, it's a great way to catch up on things. I can even remember when I was first starting on a comics going to libraries. Yeah, people uh, uh, people did actually still go to libraries back then. I don't know how much they do anymore, but you could find old uh, old issues actually of comic books. At libraries, and I remember going at, at, to this uh, fairly good-sized library in a, a town called Royal Oak, Michigan, and sitting down in the basement of the library and, and having the the lady bring out these old issues of comics, X Men es- especially. And I even did this when I went to uh, Michigan State University; they had a, an area where you could do that, and I would I would pull out these old comics and I'd read them and give them back. Now, I I am a collector, of course. Everyone n- who listens uh, to the podcast knows that. So. All the comics that I started to buy and keep, I would I would collect. I'd put them in little poly bags and all that. But to get to the back issues, uh, until they really started to put out these collected trade paperback editions, it was difficult to uh, find these things. And it wasn't really something that you had access to, except for maybe a library situation, like I'm saying. Nowadays, with the Internet, with uh, PDFs of comics out there, With collected trade editions, it's a lot easier to read. You know, very old issues of Spider Man or X Men or Superman or whatever the book you happen to be in or be uh, liking. But I think I got uh, way off a little bit on a tangent. Let me go back to uh, my initial stages with it. So I I really started to, of course, enjoy it, and I had my friend Rob. You know, hey, bring me some more issues, and I and I started to uh, to read quite uh, quite a few titles, and uh, we'll talk about X Men next. Uh, I guess we can. talk about that because that was probably the other book I really got hooked on early on uh, this would have been about in the the early days of what's called sort of the new x-men the the characters of Wolverine of uh, he was probably the biggest probably popular character and I always enjoyed Wolverine Logan uh, the their early days with Colossus storm Wolverine Cyclops uh, Jean gray uh, professor X the, those early issues of around the mid100s or so maybe a little less than that of Uncanny X Men, again, uh, uh, characters that I could really identify with, and I can already see I'm at almost forty minutes. I'm looking over at the as I'm recording this on Audacity, and I gotta gotta kind of move this along because there's a lot to cover. the The X Men, though, the characters were these outcasts, these mutants with these weird abilities that that society did, you know kind of shunned. And again, that that really hit home for me. So the X Men was another book that I loved, and I I continued to read. And as I got into college. There was a very good uh, Curie's Bookstore, I think it was called, Curie, Curie's Bookstore, Curie's Bookshop, but which I think is still there up at Michigan State University on Grand River uh, for those that are in the area that know that uh, I would go there each week and, and pick up new issues. And uh, as I um, as I continued to read comics, I, I stuck mainly to the Marvel side of comic books. DC and Marvel are the two big comic book publishers. There's a lot of independents, a huge number of independents, but not and I and I have read a lot of those image, Dark Horse, and, and things. But the, the biggies were Marvel and DC. And and I tried over the years to read DC, and I do read DC these days. I read some Superman. I read the the ongoing series right now called Fifty Two. I've read uh, Green Green Lantern a little bit, Green Arrow, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, what else? Supergirl, Superman, uh, uh, all those kind of books. But for some reason, the DC comics and DC heroes, for one, their universe seems a little more complicated than than it. It's hard to jump into sometimes with some of their books. At least that's the way I found it. Although Marvel has got some pretty complicated stories and and issues going too. But the characters just never really worked as much for me. For some reason, they seemed larger than life. They didn't seem so down to earth as the Marvel characters. So I always sort of lean to the Marvel comic book side with the X-Men, with Spider-Man, with the Avengers. Uh, let me, I'm trying to just, everything kind of blanking, at least in my mind. Uh, Fantastic Four was another book that I was really a big fan of and still am. I still read the Fantastic Four. I've read that kind of off and on. That's not one that I've stayed steady with. They've gone through a lot of changes, different artists. And let me talk about that a little. Uh, The art in a book for me is is kind of important, but it's not the main thing. To me, the main thing is the story. The art has to be of a certain quality and a certain level. And I think it has to fit the storyline and the book itself, the book title. Um, but the you know the Marvel side and the Marvel art and the Marvel writers have always been uh, my favorites out there. So um, I think, you know what, I need to take a quick break here and collect my thoughts on comics, and I want to really definitely cover Star Trek as a comic book and the history of that. So what I'm going to do, I have to slide in here a uh, an audio file from our... Uh, Good friend and listener and moderator on the forums, Kenny from California. Kenny has a comment about comics, and I thought I will slip that in now, give me a chance to collect my comic book thoughts, and come back and, and talk some more about uh, my love of comics. So here's Kenny and comic books.
3: Hey Rico, it's Kenny from California. I was really excited to hear that you were going to do a podcast on comic books. I've been a huge comic book collector for the past, uh, I don't know, 25 years, I guess. What got me collecting comic books was the show back in the 80s called V. Um, it was a really big hit, and they made too many series, and then they did a television series, and then comic books came out. So I was a huge V fanatic, so I had to collect the comic books, and that actually got me started on my love of comic books. Of course, V only lasted 18 issues, and after that, I started to move on into X-Men, the DC Universe with Wonder Woman and Superman. After a while, I started to lose interest in comic books, um, not because I didn't love them, just because other priorities took precedence, like high school and college. I continued to read comic books here and there, but nothing like I did back when I was younger. That was, of course, until Star Trek The Next Generation came out in comic book form. In the 90s, I did collect anything and everything Star Trek. Um, I tried to backtrack and collect some of the original TOS comic books also. Um, It was a lot of fun. It was a way of just continuing the story um, of Star Trek with novels and with comic books. Nowadays, I'm I'm more cautious of what I collect just because I don't have the room. Uh, I still collect anything and all things Star Trek, and I collect Buffy... Firefly when they come out, and a few other titles, but uh, definitely not a huge collector like I was back in the day. Comic books, to me, is just another form of escapism. Like movies, television, and novels, it's just a great way to leave reality and enjoy a fantasy or sci-fi adventure.
0: Well, thanks, Kenny. Thanks very much for that. Help me collect my thoughts, too, with some titles that you mentioned as well. Uh, the Buffy book that they were doing, uh, Dark Horse was doing, and they're going to do a new Buffy comic, uh, taking us right up, uh, or starting up, kind of showing us what happened with Buffy after Season 7 of the series, kind of like a Season 8. Uh, and the, the Firefly is going to, Serenity, they're going to do, they did a little mini uh, comic series before the movie, and they're coming out with a new book soon, too. Yeah, it's it's nice with the these tie-in ones for TV and movies that they do, uh, which can really expand the universe and show you some things you didn't get a chance to see. I forgot to say, uh, on the DC side, even though that, that's not really the, the one I've been is, interested in as much over the years, the, there is one character in DC that, that I really enjoy, and that's Batman. I've read the Batman comic, uh, gosh, probably 20 years approximately now. And it's uh, it's great. I think I first got into it uh, maybe not quite 20 years when the first Batman film came out. Uh, I had picked up an issue or two before that, but that was about the time uh, in the late 80s when Batman started to re really re- sort of have a resurgence, mainly because of the movie, the first film, I think. But anyway, I've read that comic since then and really enjoy it. You know, Batman's uh, one of those characters I think that's that's also somebody that i could kind of identify with to some degree i'm not a millionaire uh, with that with an orphan or anything but it's just something about the fact that he's just a human guy that just you know has trained himself and, and does everything that he he does just because he, he feels this enormous weight and guilt to some degree uh from what happened to his parents when he was younger and he's trying to uh, You know, he's trying to sort of uh, make the world a better place and make that kind of thing not happen to anyone else. And and the character of Batman, again, he's just so intelligent and he's, you know, he's a detective primarily. It's just a great book, a great read. Uh, One thing that just came to mind as I mentioned Batman, and I've talked about the X Men a little bit in Spider Man, one problem uh, I feel with comics to some degree, I think I use that expression a lot, sorry, to some degree or whatever, but. The, the trouble that they have occasionally with characters, and, and Wolverine is another one, is the, the DC Marvel uh, Universe or, or publishers, they, they do too many titles. They create, like, you know, you've got eight Spider-Man titles and 12 Batman titles, and I'm exaggerating just a little bit. Uh, you know, it's they create so many different alternate ones. You've got Sensational Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man Team-Up, whatever, you know that is one thing that sort of frustrated me a little bit over the years. I've always tried to stick to sort of one title per book. You know, X-Men was another thing. They, they've they got so many X titles out there that it, it becomes a little ridiculous. And, and it sort of makes the storylines, I think, a little weaker overall because you have these overlapping eleva- elements, excuse me. And, you know, I know why they do it. They, they create a very popular character or a very popular group of characters. And they say, hey, people love X-Men, let's make another X-Men title, and it's easy, but I, I, for people that like the original book and like the book itself, I you know, comic books these days cost, like, about three bucks each, and to buy, you know, three or four or five titles in a certain, with a certain group of, like, if you bought every X title, it'd be 20 bucks, you know, or whatever to do that each month or more, more than that, probably, if you cover Wolverine and everything else, so that kind of feels a little bit greedy to me sometimes, and it also becomes kind of confusing, and it's hard to read that many. I like variety, you know. I probably pick up about these days. I probably read about a dozen or so titles each month, approximately. Some of those are mini series. I'm really enjoying the the series Justice right now, which is a great DC book with some amazing art by Alex Ross, who did the series called Kingdom Come. It's a very uh, realistic like art. With the DC heroes, Superman, Batman, and it's the artwork itself is is worth it in the book, and they he comes up with some great stories too. Uh, so anyway, uh, the the thing though that I want to say is is I have lim- you know I don't have unlimited funds, and at three bucks a, a comic book. I like to pick up a few different books, and I try not to read you know all the X Men books or all the Spider Man books. I'll pick up one X Men book each month, one Spider Man book, and that. But it's it's these all you know so many titles it becomes kind of difficult. Oh, I might as well slip in here to the internet. Uh, there are uh, these things called torrents on the internet, which I've maybe said on the podcast before. And one thing that you can actually find out there, and I'm not encouraging, you know, uh, I don't know what you call this sort of, uh, let's just say people scan comic books and put them up on the internet on torrents. If you search a torrent uh collecting site, you know, or, you know, Pirate Bay or those little places where you can search for torrents, you can type in like Spider-Man and you'll find some collected works, you know, of Ultimate Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man that you can download in PDF form and read right on your computer. Now, I have to say, uh, you know, this, this is definitely not a way to give money back to comic books that you enjoy, but it is a way to sample things. If you're interested in comics, if you think you've never really read one and you want to try it out, hey, you know, look up a couple of comics, download them, and read them. You'll have to get a program called Comic Book Reader, or there's a few other ones out there. Uh, I'm sorry, these aren't really in PDF form, usually. They're in a special called CBR form. And we won't get too technical, but there, it's easy to find, you know, search for comic book reader. And it's a little program to w- read comics that have been scanned in and uploaded to the Internet by different people. It's a good way to test things out. And at $3 a comic, I, I can understand why people are doing this now and maybe not even really buying too many anymore, but reading them this way. So, uh, again, I'm checking time. I feel like I'm really rushing through. I might have to do a comic book series or a comic book part Two on this but I do want to go through the history of the Star Trek comic in particular I think I've covered in general you know how I got into comics you know why I like certain things about comics uh the issues that I enjoy or the particular comics that I enjoy this is by no means there are a lot of I also would encourage you there are a lot of comic book podcasts out there that talk about the current uh trends in comics current issues of comics uh, one show in particular that I really enjoy is called Comic-cology. I think it's a comic I will try to link that in the podcast notes. But it's a great podcast guy named Neil Gorman does that show. It uh, doesn't usually come out each week, every couple of weeks. But there are a huge number of comic book podcasts. So definitely check those out. I'm not trying to steal their thunder by any means doing this particular. This is more my take, Rico's take on comics uh, and that. So now, in the sci-fi uh, realm, there have been a lot of comic books uh, coming out. Uh, Kenny mentioned the series V. Uh, there have been follow-ups to TV shows like Buffy. And, of course, Star Trek and Star Wars both have had quite a few, a huge number of comics that have been put out over the years. And I, thought, I found a couple of really good websites uh, early this morning when I was doing some background checks for this show uh, that gave some good history on the Star Trek comic uh, history legacy. So let me go through some of this now for you. All right, uh, the Star Trek, excuse me, Star Trek comic book history. We'll go through this kind of quickly. And like I said, I'll put some links to these good sites. This uh, one I'm looking at right now is from the memory alpha.org site wiki on comics. There, I'll put a link up, like I said, in the notes. Uh, Star Trek comics basically started with the gold key books back in the 60s. Uh, they published about 61 issues that lasted from 1967 up through actually uh, 1979 and these were reprinted in various collected editions uh called the Enterprise Logs the key collection uh in the 70s and actually i have those somewhere in my collection i think they got a little water damaged one one time in in my old basement when i was growing up but so the gold key and these stories were Eh, they were okay. I, I think they weren't up to the level of a Star Trek comic these days, but the artwork was okay, and they're mostly the continuing adventures of the original series characters and crew. Uh, as this as time went on, uh, Star Trek showed up in quite a few other incarnations. There was um, some strips, comic book strips of Star Trek that were in in British uh, uh, Gold Key strips that that showed up in the United Kingdom in the in the early seventies. Uh, Marvel Comics did a pretty big run of uh, Star Trek comics. They they did eighteen issues, uh, seventy nine to eighty two. This was after, of course, the original motion picture came out. Then you had a uh, a DC Comics and run in Star Trek that the comic book kind of popped around from different publishers every few years for some reason. I'm not sure why everyone kind of took a shot at it. I guess. But DC did a run, uh, did 56 issues. Uh, This would have been in the 80s, 84 to 88. Uh, They also, a lot of times during this run and this time, they were doing movie adaptations of the various Star Trek movies, Star Trek 3, 4, uh, those kind of things. They would show up in comic book form also. There was also another run that DC did from 89 to 95, this focused on the original series characters and also the Next Generation. This, of course, came on or these comics by DC were uh, which took off uh, during the run of Next Generation. This ran for, let's see, 80 issues. A lot of different specials in here, also on the movies. Then you got to the Malibu comics. And I think, I'm not sure if Malibu is still a comic book publisher. I think they might be, but I'm not positive. Anyway, they did a run of Star Trek comics from the uh, in the mid to earlier nineties, ninety three to ninety five, and this focused uh, primarily. This was on a uh, Deep Space Nine comic book series for thirty two issues they did. So that was their run, Malibu's run on Star Trek comic books. Then you had a Marvel comic run of Star Trek comics. This was basically different, uh, different. Uh, eras, different time frames for Star Trek and Marvel uh, uh, comic book history. This went in the late 90s, 95 to 98. They did uh Untold Voyages run, five issues. Uh, Unlimited they said, which was based on uh, TOS and TNG for 10 issues. Deep Space 9, 15. Voyager, 15 issues. Early Voyages, 17 issues. Starfleet Academy, 19 issues. So they jumped around. Marvel did at this time in different eras of Star Trek history, which is pretty pretty good i enjoyed those and i've got most of uh, those books still and then uh wildstorm comics which was a sort of a dc subsidiary uh comic book uh has done uh different uh little mini issues of comics you know three issues here four issues there this ran in the uh 1999 to 2001 and that brings us up to about the present day there was a lag of a few years there about 4 years where there weren't, weren't really any Star Trek comics coming out, there is a couple of things going on right now with Star Trek comics currently. Uh, Tokyo Pop, which is a, a manga comic book, they did one issue so far uh, out, which collects about five stories in a manga form for Star Trek, which is pretty good. I've got that. And they're going to do a, a TNG one. It is should be out very soon if it's not out yet. And then they've got a third volume they're supposed to be doing. So Manga, Star Trek comic, Tokyo Pop, check that out. You should be able to find that online. It's at comic book places online or at your local comic store. And then there is a the, the latest incarnation of Star Trek comics is by a company called IDW. They've put out a couple of issues so far. They're supposed to do six issues, I think, total right now. And then they're going to do a uh, a second uh, run of issues based on the TOS Klingons, uh, which will be pretty interesting to see. I've read the first couple of uh, IDW Star Trek comics, and they're okay so far. They're they're really not quite as good as I had hoped. The artwork could be better. The stories could be better. Uh, The last one I thought was the second issue was better than the first, but that uh, pretty much is a very, very fast roundup of Star Trek comics and as you can see, they've uh, really done quite a few different books over the years. Most of these you can find still, uh, you know, fairly inexpensive. Star Trek comics, I don't think, like, unlike some, co- some comics, uh, I can't talk right now, excuse me, unlike some comics, some older ones even, have not really gone up a huge amount in value. There is occasional issues here or there, and I guess I could talk a little bit about uh, comic books right now and pricing and and how the the, you know, collecting market is on it. And, you know, uh, just like a lot of things, uh, you know, even the stock market, uh, investments in in collectibles, uh, in stocks, who knows, whatever. Anyway, uh, it's never a really sure investment. There was a time in the 90s where a lot of people were buying, you know, comic books as an investment, you know, trying to buy a lot of a particular, particular issue, waiting a couple of years and turning around and selling them for a profit. That doesn't really work so well anymore. Some of the very classic issues, older, older issues that were not printed in huge quantities, and I mean way back, you know, in the 1960s and even in the early 70s, some of those issues, if they're in good shape and you can save them and preserve them well, can be worth a little bit of money. But modern-day comic books are printed in such large quantities that I, yeah, I suppose if you sold, if you, if you saved them for a hundred years, you might be able to make a little bit of money, but I've never really been into that area of comic book collecting. I do save my comics, although I've got about, I don't know, a dozen of those long comic book boxes that, uh, people that know comics are familiar with that hold quite a few issues. I have probably about a, maybe 12 to 15 of those filled with comics that I, I keep telling myself I need to, um, either donate to, a, a a kid's home or to a library or, or just sell them off at a comic book convention or a comic to a comic book store. Because really truthfully, I don't know how many of those I'm ever going to go back and read. And I don't really, again, I don't really collect these things to try to make a buck off comics. I, I read every comic I buy. I don't just buy a comic. I think it's going to be worth some money and stick it in a bag and stick it in a closet and leave it alone. That's not my style. I'm buying these things for the stories, for the artwork, for the pleasure of reading them and I think uh everyone out there, like I said a few times during this discussion on comics, should give it a shot and give it a chance. It's if you're if you're somebody that likes to read too, there there's a whole new kind of way of uh reading a story when you have artwork that goes with it. And I've mainly talked about sci-fi fantasy, uh comic book superheroes, those kind of books, but there are there are comics out there that are what I would call uh, real, real life in a way, comics that don't have fantastic type elements in them detective stories and even some romance comics comics for just about everyone and then there's the whole area of uh japanese manga which is uh the the comic book style in japan that they do which is a very stylized way of art uh it's not for everyone it's a little different uh but i think there's uh it, it's i i like all different kinds of art and i've read some manga over the years not just star trek manga like I talked about a couple of minutes ago. And it's also another thing to check out, which you can find. uh, There's actually a a very large manga section at your big bookstores these days, like Borders has got a a pretty good big uh, manga section. And the nice thing about these is they're in little digest form. They're not very large. Uh, For about $10, you can pick up a book that's got uh, a pretty good amount of content in it. I think you get a lot of bang for your buck. And there's a lot. And I'm not going to get into that because manga is not really my expertise. I don't really read a lot of it. But there's plenty of websites out there that they can give you some advice if you're interested in, in maybe checking out some Japanese manga. So I think uh, I do want to talk about a collectible here in a minute. So I'm going to take a little break. But I think that's about as much as I, I wanted to mainly cover about comics. I, I wanted to just try to give people a, a little bit of background about what I like about comics, why I like them. Uh, they, they are, like Kenny had said in his comments, they're a form, another form of entertainment and escapism. You can sit down with a comic book and, you know, in 10, 15 minutes, read it and have a little nice time. And it's easy to, you know, pick up an issue each month. And there's another thing about comics, which I didn't say, and I guess I'll slide in here at the end. There's you get really involved with these characters. You know, it's like an ongoing storyline that's in a TV show or a book series or a movie series that you get really you you feel kind of uh, like they're friends to some degree. So you, you want to come back each month and read the next issue and and pick it up at your local comic store and and see how these characters are doing and find out what's going on with them. And there's a uh, a lot of really great comic books out there. And there used to be a lot more comic book shops, too. I have to say, uh, which I didn't say, I I, I primarily, I, almost 99% of the comics I get, I get at a local comic book store. And I've I've gone to different ones over the years. You know, some comic book stores, I used to go to one... Uh, in Michigan called the Classic Comic Book Store, comic comic and movie shop. And that finally closed. They were open a long time. A lot of these shops have closed up. There aren't nearly as many as there used to be. It's uh, it's a bit of a dying market, I think, or at least a market that doesn't have nearly the readers that it used to have. They've become a little expensive, uh, and I don't think as many young people are getting into comics. I think there are things that take their attention away from it, like video games, DVDs, computers, the Internet, uh uh, a lot of stuff for, you know, ways to be entertained, ways to spend your free time. And comics have sort of slipped uh, slipped through the cracks, I think, a little bit. It's kind of a shame, I think. I I think there's a, a, a lot to, you know, it's different when you read a comic or read a book even versus watching a movie or a TV show. It's a different form of entertainment. You have to use your imagination a little bit, even with a comic book, even with the art facing you right there. So, uh, there's my case for comic books. Give it a shot, you know, these uh they're, they're really good and if you know the nice um uh, the nice thing these days I think that's happening that I'll that I'll also mention is comic book movies have become uh pretty big. I mean, there are a lot of comic book movies these days. A lot of them come out each year. And I think it's getting uh, uh, or it's it's allowing people a chance to see, hey, you know, if I enjoyed the movie, if I enjoyed the Batman movie or the Spider-Man or the Superman movie, maybe, maybe I'd enjoy the comic book. And I'll tell you, if you've enjoyed those movies, the comic books are so much more, you know, they obviously can go into the characters and the stories and everything so much more than they do in the movies. Uh, I, I have enjoyed I've read Spider-Man for so long. Obviously, I was a big fan. And when they first uh Announced that they were going to do a Spider-Man movie. I was going to. I was very excited. I was a little bit cautious in hoping they wouldn't, you know, destroy my beloved Peter Parker and Spider-Man character. But I think they've done a great job. I think the essence of Spider-Man has really transferred well to the big screen. Uh, same thing with the recent Batman movie, Batman Begins. I think they finally hit Batman's character pretty well in that movie. So there you go. There's Rico's take on comics. I definitely have to revisit this subject and sort of a spin off of this that I want to do on a podcast is uh, uh, excuse me, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, I need some Gatorade. I need to talk about uh, Saturday morning cartoon shows because a lot of these things are based on comic books and are are very comic book related. So. Look for a podcast on Treks and Sci-Fi in the near future about uh, Saturday morning cartoons like Batman, Superman, uh, Spider-Man ca- cartoon series. So we'll do that sometime in the near future. I'm going to come back after a very very short break and talk about a collectible, and then we'll wrap up the show. Thanks for listening so far. I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. Uh, real briefly for a couple of minutes here, I'm going to talk about a collectible that's sort of comic book related. There is a series of little mini busts that are being put out uh, by DC Direct, I think they are. Uh, these are based on the women of the DC Universe, and even though, like I said, I'm not really uh, the DC Universe of comics isn't my big thing. I do like uh, statues, mini busts collectibles, and that kind of stuff. I've collected a. Uh, a large number of the Justice League series statues, which I don't think I've talked about or reviewed. We'll leave that for another podcast. But these little mini-busts that are coming out every few months now are really cool. I've got uh, four of them. I've got a, uh, let's see, there is a super Supergirl, excuse me, super <laughs> super supergirl mini-bust, Wonder Woman. Uh, I have uh, Harley Quinn, which is the uh, Batman character. And Power Girl, which is sort of another Super Girl type character. These are uh, again mini busts based on the women in the DC comic book universe, and they do a real nice job with them. Each one's about uh, uh, it's about five inches tall. They they just capture the the character from about the uh, waist or just below the waist up. I put pictures of these up in my collection gallery, so I'll link that in the podcast notes. But these are really nice. They're about yeah around forty dollars each. They come out every few months. They've done about seven or eight so far. There's a few of the early ones I didn't get. They did Poison Ivy, uh, Catwoman. I think there was another one. I'm trying I'm blanking out on which the other one there was that they did. But you can find out. Look on eBay or look online, you can find out which which the whole series has done so far. But they do a real nice job with these. The paint jobs are good. The characters I think they capture them real well. And uh and they're not a very expensive collectible either. If you just wanted a character or two of them, they're not too bad. Some of the larger statues that they put out uh, are usually, you know, $100, $150. So these little mini busts they don't take up a lot of room, and they're a nice little collectible. If you're into uh, the DC comic books and the women in the DC universe, they do a nice job on these mini bus. So check those out. Uh, I'll link again the pictures on the podcast notes for the minibus, women of the DC universe. And that's going to wrap it up for this week, folks, for podcast number 107. Almost finished. A uh, couple last-minute little things to just mention. Next week's show, we are going to record, uh, hopefully record, on Saturday, which will be March 10th at around 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, we're going to do a Skype cast. Now, the the different thing that I'm going to try to do with this one is Skype currently has the ability to create these Skype uh, discussion rooms, Skype casts they're called, I think, which allow, I, I think, about as many people as want to come in and talk as, as they want. What we're going to do, I will link, there will be a link on the main website, treksf.com, how to do this, how to get to this. If you have Skype loaded on your computer, all you'll be able to do or have to do is click the link that I put there uh, next Saturday, and it will take you to a page on Skype, and you can join in into the discussion. And we're going to talk mainly uh, movies, TV, sci-fi, Star Trek, uh, talk a little bit about our uh, our thoughts on the Star Trek movie announcement, uh, the latest shows of Heroes, which I'm just loving. Uh, Heroes is just really, really starting to you know gather steam and, and really be an excellent show in the last few episodes. I've really, really enjoyed it. So we're going to talk all about that kind of stuff next Saturday, March 10th. Uh, that will be 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time watch the main webpage towards the end of the week. I will put a link for that. Uh, it won't do you any good until that time arrives on uh, next Saturday, but the link will be up there at least definitely by Saturday. I'll probably put it up Friday uh, on, on the main webpage. So that's what next week's show is going to be. I'm going to record that. So uh, hopefully it won't get too crazy with, you know, who knows how many people will have in the room talking at the same time, but I will record that. And that will be next weekend's podcast. Until then, as always, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Check out the podcast notes. uh, Participate in the contest if you'd like. And send me your thoughts on comic books. Uh, I'll play those for uh, you on a future podcast uh, if you want to send any more of your thoughts, what you like in comics. Send those in. You can always email me, treksf at gmail.com. Send me a a voicemail at 206-88-TREKS. And thanks for listening, everyone. This is Rico signing off for this week's Take It Easy, Live Long, and Prosper, and stay warm wherever you are. Hopefully this winter will be gone soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production.
4: You said don't talk fast, and that's
0: how you show excitement. By all right, I'll talk anything. a little faster. Though. Okay. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. This podcast, copyright 2007, all rights reserved.